You're listening to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. My name is Kim Ludeman, and I'm here to help facilitate conversations around what it means to step into your confidence so you can live the life you want, not the one you think you should. Join me as we talk about body and self-acceptance, nutrition, movement, and mindset so that you can uncover what dulls your sparkle so you can shine. With that, let's go to the show. Hey, everybody. I am so excited. It is the final episode of the summer series on confident parenting with my girl, Viba Aurora. And today we are going to be diving into this controversial topic of letting your kids fail and how to let them do for themselves what they really can do. And I loved chatting with Viba about this one because it's something that is really important and it's something that's debated a lot about how much should parents intervene? What is the role of a parent when it comes to schooling, education, homework? And there's some strong feelings out there and I totally know that. So take it with a grain of salt, take what you need, leave the rest. And yeah, let's dive into this episode with Vibba. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. I am so excited for this final episode of the Confident Parenting Summer Series with Viva Aurora, who is a life and parenting coach from Southern California. We have been doing a summer series all about how to step up in your journey in parenting and to feel more confident in yourself and in your parenting skills. And today we are going to tackle an extremely tricky topic, which if you know me at all, I don't shy away from anything that's controversial. And today is no different. So Viba, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. It's so fun to be here. And I cannot believe that summer's almost over. Where did it go? Oh, right. Seriously? I mean, there are so many kids that are already back in school and it's not September yet. Yeah. Yep. Starting early. Oh, blows my mind. I mean, we still have another week of summer vacation, but it's, yeah, such a crazy time, like back to school sales everywhere. (laughs) Ah, It's (laughs) So I thought that it would be fitting today for us to kind of tackle this whole back to school topic. And I feel like this is a great one because it kind of spans all the ages, whether your kids are just real little in in grade school or if they're in, you know, higher education. Um, This seems to be really appropriate. And that's kind of this idea of how we can help our children, but also foster that independence and that creative thinking that comes from wrestling through things like homework or tough projects or term papers, or I mean, I've been out of school so long. I don't even know. <laughs> Sorry. Do they call it a term paper anymore? I don't even I know. Essays, writing assignments, but yeah, all that, all that. <laughs> so I've completely dated myself, but I want to hear what you think about parental involvement in students' academic careers, to put it a little bit uh, formally. 
And then Mm. we can kind of dive into what that looks like because a lot of parents struggle with helping their kids with their homework, whether that's just not wanting to or struggling to find time or feeling miffed by the whole homework fiasco in general, because there's, this is, that's like a big thing for, for me is just homework. (laughs) Like they're in school for eight hours and then you send them home with, to do more schoolwork. Yeah. I digress. But <laughs> I want to hear your thoughts on, yeah, parents' involvement in schoolwork. What do you think? Ooh, it's a loaded topic. Um, and so as you know, my kind of, um, my words and my thoughts and everything that for me that aligns is really connected to positive discipline. Um, which I, by Dr. Jane Nelson and Conscious Parenting, which are the concepts put forward by Dr. Shafali Savari. So I take those and I kind of meld them. And then I do have, you know, my own personal experience. My kids are now kidults that are 19 and 21. So I've been through the whole school system. I worked in schools as a teacher and a school counselor. So um, I think that the way I kind of go about it is a little bit um, controversial and people um, just give it a moment to kind of soak in because I think the immediate response when I start talking about school is people like think that I'm crazy, um, which is fine. But I think it's a very different approach. Um, and, And we have to acknowledge, look, like the amount of pressure that is being placed on kids right now, you know, with academic performance, plus extracurriculars, plus, you know, test scores and all of that. And it's not just the parents that are putting the pressure on them. It's the school system. It's culture. It's their own friends. It's society. It's, you know, the process to get into college. And it's what we define as success. And it's it's this whole big paradigm. So rather than attacking it at the large scale level right now, I just want to break it down to like the parenting portion of that. And I think that that's such an an important part of the process because what we know from research is no matter how old our kids are, our voice as parents still has influence. And I've said before, you know, we don't have control, but we really do have influence. Even during the teen years when they look like they're rebelling against everything we say, somewhere it's going in. So I think it's really important that we're clear on the message that we're trying to communicate to our kids about school. Um, So having said that, you know, I think that academics is really important. I also think it's really important for kids to learn other skills. I don't believe that academics is the only skill that a child should learn. Um, I think education is important and I think resilience is more important. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, that's, that's really where the the meat of it is, right? Like what is the ultimate thing that I'm trying to have this child get through these school years with? Um, Grades are fabulous. You know, you're all chasing the A grade, but when that doesn't happen, do you have the resilience? When life happens, when things don't go as planned, can you get back up? Because that I think is lifelong. I mean, I'm however old I am now, nobody's asked me for my transcripts. Nobody cares Mm -hmm. about my grades in high school or third grade or college, even, you know? Um, So, kind of focusing on the big picture. Um, So to your point, how much involvement? I also really believe that if we are making the choice to send our kids to an institution called school for eight hours a day, unless we're homeschooling them, most of us are sending our kids out of the house to a place that we are supposedly trusting that they're going to take our kids and mold them and teach them and educate them, then we should allow that to happen. Let the teachers teach 
so the parents can parent. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So what that means is, and to your point, you know, they're they're there for eight hours, then they come back with homework. We've already gone through school. So the homework is not ours, it's theirs. And this is such a blurry line for parents. And I get it. I understand where it comes from. I know that it's quicker when we quote unquote help. I know that it's better typically when we help, you know, they get the better grade on it. Mm -hmm. I know that it, um, the kid probably generally feels better because they're not feeling like they're doing it alone. But what happens is in our process to try and help, we actually end up really hurting instead of helping because we're taking away the learning from our kid and we're doing the work, which we've already done. We don't need to learn how to do math again. We've already done it. Oh, that feels so good. <laughs> and as someone with a four-year-old going into pre-K, I, that just feels like a load off right there. So go into that a little bit more. So it's not our job to do this and learn this over again. So what is our responsibility when the when our kids come to us and say, I don't know how to do this math or I need your help with this science experiment, what is, what is our level of responsibility then as parents? Yeah, so I think positive discipline aligned, it's really about the kid taking the lead. It's not your project, it's theirs. And it doesn't mean that you have to like sequester yourself and not help at all, but really check in and are you helping? We confuse helping and doing. We think we're helping but we're actually doing the project, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why it's no coincidence that teachers have started with the bigger like reports and experiment, you know, science stuff. They do it all at school because the parent, the teachers have now figured out that when they send this stuff home, the engineer dad or the, you know, the doctor mom is doing the project and sending it back with this fourth grader. That doesn't really tell us what the fourth grader knows. So they are catching on. And it's a matter of, you want to be able to set the stage. You want to be able to have a place for them to do their homework. You want to be able to create an atmosphere where it's quiet, an environment that is you know, conducive to being able to focus. You also, I would say, want to put boundaries around when you are available. You know, you're not at beck and call. And I think a lot of parents get frustrated because they're not setting boundaries of when they can help. So you have this kid at the last second, you know, oh my gosh, it's due tomorrow. I need your help right now that's a stressful situation that you're creating in your family. And you can actually curb that by saying, you know what, I'm available on, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays from four to six, I'll be right here in the kitchen. Anything you need, I'm right here. Versus having this kind of like open, you know, being able to scream for mom at any time. Um, It's not teaching them how to manage their time otherwise. Right. Yeah. I guess, does that, so having almost like office hours for parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Because you've got to create boundaries to teach your child, you know, you're not, we're not available at their beck and call. That's not realistic. And what ends up happening, and we talked about this, I think in the last episode is this mom guilt. You can't be there 24 seven. It's not your job to do their homework. It's your job to perhaps ask them, you know, have you done your homework? Do you need any help? Are you understanding it? It's not your job to solve their problems for them. You're actually taking away the experience of problem solving when you jump in and try and save the day. So math, for example, never has been my strong subject. Mm -hmm. If my child came home with math homework that they didn't understand, I'll hold the space for them, but I'm not going to try and explain math. I'm going to say, you know, okay, how can you learn more about this? How can you get extra help? What's available at school? 
right? Mm -hmm. The school system is created knowing not everybody's going to understand the lesson. They have tutors. They have teachers that stay after school to help. They have study groups. There's all these things set up. So we really want to encourage our kids to use the system to help them rather than relying on mommy and daddy to do it. Oh, I love that. So what if... I guess going back to an experience that we kind of talked about in your parenting class, this came up from one of the other moms and it was a discussion about, you know, what, what happens if I can't help my child with their math and they, maybe they don't have access to other school programs, but the, maybe like my partner or my spouse is really good at math and helping them. Like, is that something that's okay if like one spouse is like, uh, yeah, I'm actually really good at this. I get it. I can do it. Like, how does it land with that? Like, what, what do you think would be more appropriate for the child in that situation? I think it's still, I mean, again, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that parents shouldn't help at all. I'm just saying that we need to, the, the child needs to know that there's more than one place to go, um, you know, for the help that they might need. And to redirect them. A lot of times what I found is that there's programs available at school or there's, you know, you can always ask the teacher, but these kids are afraid to speak up. Mm -hmm. And so what a great opportunity to encourage our child to be a Mm self-advocate, you know, and to be assertive and to take the time to go after school or at lunch or at recess and ask the teacher. Not just because I don't know how to do the math, but also to really help the, the child be able, once again, to stand up for themselves and to ask for help when they need it. Yeah. I love that. I love giving them the opportunity to really voice their needs and ask for help mm-hmm. that from somebody other than parents. <laughs> right. Right. And again, like, it's not that we're saying, you know, absolutely. I'm not going to help you. I just think that as parents, we get really sucked in very quickly to doing things for them that they really should be doing for themselves. And that's, you know, it's a positive discipline, uh, foundational thing. Never do for your child what they can do for themselves. And I always add, you know, don't underestimate what they can do. They're quite capable. And if they're not, if they're truly, really struggling, use that as an indication. You know, maybe the child does need some extra tutoring or some extra help or there's something else going on. And that's, we won't be able to see that until the child actually doesn't do well. But we're so obsessed with like chasing the A that we're afraid to let our kids fail. And I think that that's such an important lesson for human beings to fail. And by protecting them from that failure, because for whatever, our own reasons, right? Like our own pride or, or how it would look or what, you know, the kid would, it would, the kid would be upset. We actually need to allow for those experiences now when they're younger so that they can, they're familiar with it when they get older. Um, and a perfect example, you know, I live in a, in a, area that's very competitive academically and you know a 4.0 4.25 4.5 is not um it's not uncommon at the high school levels in the city that I'm in those kids might get those 4.0s going all the way through high school but those are also the kids that get to the Ivy League college they've reached the pinnacle and they fail literally fail out of college in the first semester first year because it's mommy and daddy aren't there you know And they've never experienced failure before because we've protected them from it. And I think this is the part that parents get a little like, I'm not going to allow my child to get an F. Um, And the example that I give is that when our kids were learning to walk, 
you know, and you, you probably remember this also, when our children are starting to walk, they start to kind of wobble and they're kind of like toddling and they're not quite certain of their steps. And inevitably the kid falls, right? And that's why they have those big thick diapers. Um, (laughs) They fall on their butt. And then there are two types of parents really. And I've seen both. One is the parent that runs over to the kid immediately and, oh my gosh, you fell. Are you okay? And they pick the kid up and they put them on their hip and they're now carrying the kid to wherever the kid was trying to go. One type. The second type is the parent that watches the kid fall. Kid looks back at the parent and the parent says, oops, you're okay. You got it. Get back up. And the kid, guess what? Gets back up and keeps on walking. And we're okay doing that when our kids are walking. But yet when it comes to school, the exact same thing. They have a diaper. They have a really fluffy diaper right now in elementary school, middle school, high school. It's called living in your home. They're still protected. And yet we are terrified of letting them fall. And we end up carrying these kids on our hip. And then we don't understand why we're so tired and our back is breaking and the kid's not learning to walk. So what does it look like then to like practically let your child fail? Like how does that flush itself out? I think it's setting it up at the beginning of the school year, beginning of the semester, quite frankly, any time and really having a sit down with your child and letting them know I'm turning the reins over to you. I've already gone to school. It's your turn. I want you to do your best. We're not going to connect to outcomes. You do the best that you can. You put in the effort that you can. And you'll, you know, whatever lessons are meant for you, you're going to get. And you ask the child, what kind of grades do you want this year? And don't be surprised if they say straight A's, right? Because that's the conditioning. You might have a kid that says, eh, like I'm all right getting C's. You have to hear where they're at. And this is the conscious parenting part about really letting them unfold as who they're meant to be without putting the pressure of who we want them to be. Wow. Wow. So letting them, so if they do say, you know, I'm okay with C's, not pushing back and saying, well, don't, but don't you want A's? Yeah. Yeah. Reinforcing or reaffirming the conditioning, but allowing them to express their own expectations for themselves. Yeah. I think it's, and this is scary for parents because again, we're so connected to what success actually looks like. And we're so afraid of what that would mean for them in the rest of their lives. If God forbid they went through high school with C's instead of A's, but I think it's really about having, you know, faith in them and just turning it over. And like, I know you're going to do your best. I'm here to support you with whatever you need. You know, you're going to do the work and I'm, I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader. That's my job. Yeah. How so? How so? For the the perfectionist parents out there, mm-hmm. who, like failing was not an option mm. in their childhood experience. Because we know a lot of conscious parenting is about what's happening for you. Yeah, I'm curious about the parents that are going to get triggered by this and just be like, "Well, I don't, I don't think that's how it should be. They should get straight A's. They should be aiming for that." Like, what about mm-hmm. those parents? Absolutely. And, you know, it's not a quick fix. And that's an invitation for parents to really look at themselves, to turn the mirror towards them and really kind of dig back and see, you know, where did that idea come from? Is it a conditioned belief or is it something you truly believe? Are you okay with believing something different than your kid does? Understanding that they are unique individuals, that you had your experience and they're having theirs. Um, It takes work. It's not an easy uh, mindset shift to make. And I think oftentimes it does require the help of a coach or a class or, you know, support from a tribe that gets it. 
I think it would be very difficult to do that type of um, mind frame shifting by yourself because it's, it's ingrained. It's a big deal. So I would suggest definitely getting support with that. Yeah, totally. So what kind of support would that look like? Um, for conscious parenting to really start investigating your own stuff, it could be working with a coach who is familiar with conscious parenting. It could be taking a class. It could be, you know, looking on Facebook and getting involved in some of the conscious parenting groups that are out there. It could be reading the conscious parent, which by the way, fabulous book by Dr. Shafali Sabari, super heavy. Um, it took me a long, it takes a lot of people a long time to get through this book because it's like mind blowing at every page. Um, but it's good, but I actually, I would say, you know, read that book in, in communion. I think community is so important because, you know, as we and I have talked about before, when you go out on this limb of positive discipline parenting or conscious parenting, you're no longer mainstream and it can feel very lonely and it can feel very, um, intimidating and it can feel very judged. So you want to really make sure that you're getting support from people that, that are on that same path as you. Totally. I love that idea about community and just especially, yeah, because this is, it is radical. It is different Mm -hmm, letting mm -hmm. your kids fail in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) And sometimes quite literally, it's literally shows up as an F in math. Okay. Now what? Well, the thing is the school system is set up so that if your child fails math, they'll be taking it in the summer. That's called natural consequence. It had nothing to do with you. And your child is going to learn that, you know, by not doing the homework, because if you just do the homework, you get a C typically, but by not doing the homework, by making that choice, here's the consequence. And by me not protecting that child from that, they're actually learning life skills. Which also, it just pops into my brain. It also takes the pressure off of you as a parent, because then Mm -hmm. it's not your job to be the homework police. Exactly. You get to be the parent. You get to connect with your kid. You get to be on their team. You don't have to be the bad guy. Let the teachers do the, you know, let the teachers teach. They have a system. Oh my gosh. That feels so freeing and feels so Mm -hmm. great. Good. In so many ways. (laughs) And I know that a lot of people are going to be like, well, I don't know about that one. You don't mm-hmm. kid. What about, I just, I hear objections in my mind. Oh and yeah. So what about the parents that have kids with either a learning disability or just mental, oh, I don't even know what the PC term is, so I don't want to c- completely butcher it, but just that have difficulties socially mm-hmm. or in school. What about, what about those kids? Does the same rule apply here? I mean, I think it's a little different, honestly, because you're also looking at the capability of a child. And again, whether there's a learning um, challenge or not with a child, I think we still as parents need to step back and and really give the kid more credit for what they're capable to do. Um, I think that a lot of the same, the same concepts of positive discipline and conscious parenting definitely apply. Um, it's a little different. You know, each child is a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. My mind is totally blown right now. (laughs) In a good way, I hope. (laughs) Yes. No, this whole idea of putting the responsibility on the kids and letting the kids choose and make choices and to experience what you call the natural consequence of those actions, whether that be a grade that feels good to them or a grade that doesn't feel good to them. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, and to be honest, you have to be very careful with this because I don't want to set parents up and think that, oh, the child's going to get an F and all of a sudden they're going to be like, oh no, I need to do better. You might very well have a kid who's totally okay with an F. And then again, this is a challenge for you as a parent. Can you be okay with them being okay with it? Right. And it's, again, it's a lot of untangling of our cultural conditioning. It's really asking us to look at things in a completely different way. And it's not easy to do. No. I mean, I, I try, you know, I've practiced this for many years now and I still find myself sometimes slipping into like mainstream, like, oh no, you know, but that's not okay. And I have to do the work to get myself back to this kind of center of, of really operating from a place of conscious parenting and positive discipline. Wow. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Mm. So is there... Is there anything else that parents who are considering this should know? I mean, we've already given resources as far as Dr. Shafali's book, getting into community, making sure that you have good support, whether it be a parenting coach or a life coach that's walking alongside you as you're doing that. Is there anything else that parents need to know before kind of making this transition? I think I would just say, be gentle with yourself, you know, have a lot of self-compassion. If you're going to make the choice to kind of pivot and shift perspectives on how you're truly parenting, um, it's a process. It's not an overnight thing. You know, I have classes that I offer online that are helpful, but again, you still have to do the work. You know, it's, it's, it's ongoing process of just keep coming back to keep coming back to because it's new and it's different and it takes time. Allow yourself that grace. Oh, grace and parenting. Mm, there's a whole other podcast. <laughs> right? What a radical concept. So you just mentioned some online parenting classes. Do you have one that's coming up soon? I do. I have my fall round of the positive discipline class that starts um, September 4th. And I'll give you the link to drop. It's just bit.ly um, backslash PD class fall. But I'll give you that to put in your notes. And then I have a conscious parenting class that is slated for late October it looks like. Um, so those are two of the immediate ones. And then, you know, it, we're always talking about stuff over at the nest in my Facebook group, plenty of support to reach out to people who have been through the class. Um, I'm always in there answering questions. Um, and there's, there's plenty of books out there and, you know, podcasts and the information is there. You just have to seek it out. Yeah. Oh, and as someone that's taken your parenting class, I cannot say enough good things about it. I mean, that has been so revolutionary for for me and for my husband, for our kiddo. Seriously. So if you are looking for support, if you are just feeling like these concepts have been speaking to you and you're ready to dive in, like Viva's class is incredible. So I will make sure that the the links are easy for you to find. And again, head over to Facebook and look for iParent Plus The Nest and make sure you get into Viva's Facebook group. She is so active in there and so inspiring and just provides so much value in that group. Oh my gosh. Oh, thank you. Show up for your people. I just oh, thank so you. inspired by you. Thanks. Thanks so much. That means a lot. I'm hoping to just reach as many parents as I possibly can because I just know that there's a different way to do this. It's not about better or worse. I just think that, you know, we owe it to our kids um, to really do, you know, to see things from a different perspective, to try something different. You never know. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And I love that you always say it's never too late. So <sighs> feeling like, well, my kids are older. Doesn't matter. Like you said at the beginning, as parents, we still have influence. If Absolutely. Not, we don't have control. Right. <laughs> we have influence and right. learning especially about conscious parenting for me has been so pivotal because I've never done any kind of inner child work until recently Mm. figuring out what, what it is about my kiddo that triggers me and triggers the reactions that I have and learning how to turn that into a response, Mm -hmm. figure out what is happening for me so that I can respond appropriately. Yeah. I love how you talk about that so much. Oh, it's good. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's powerful stuff. As long as somebody's ready and willing, they've got the open mind and open heart. It really is. It doesn't matter how old your kids are. Never too late. Yes. Oh my gosh. So good. So Viva's parenting, positive discipline parenting class, September 4th. Make sure you grab your spot that's online. And again, if you have questions about it, feel free to shoot me a message and I can get you connected to Viva because we want you to be in that class so that you can experience more confidence in your parenting and by extension in your own life. So Viva, thank you so much for the last six weeks. This has been more than six weeks for the last six episodes. This has been so incredible. So much fun. I'm so glad that we were able to put this together and I'm glad it worked out. And I hope that your listeners found a lot of value in it. Oh, I'm sure that they did. So again, that's going to be over on September 4th is Viva's parenting class. Make sure you check it out. For more information, you can also find her at vibra-aurora.com. And yeah. I think we'll definitely have to continue these conversations on here. Oh, I'd love to. That'd be great. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Captivatingly Confident. I am so excited that you're here and investing in yourself. If you want to learn more about Captivatingly Confident, you can visit my website, captivatinglyconfident.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at kim.ludeman. Thank you so much for hanging out today. If you would like to, I invite you to subscribe to the show and also to leave a rating and review on iTunes. Every single review means so, so much to me and it helps to get the word about Captivatingly Confident out and to help change women's lives. I'll see you next time.